Hey, good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to the barn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good in here. Oh, it is. It is good. so good. We're the zookeepers here at the barn. <laughs> That's right. We're excited to have you. <laughs> we've been, uh, I, I promise you, we've been drinking. Uh, that's a guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, over the last few minutes, we just, uh, we just got it. We dug in, we dug into the spirit for just a second. And Adam, who might be the most saved among us, apparently, uh, because that's twice <laughs> yeah. I've been in the room with him where he literally like unzipped heaven and brought <laughs> yeah. it in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that Adam is the most Christian Christian we have. And, uh, but Adam just kind of started declaring and Matt started prophesying and Garen started laughing. I mean, it just got weird. And uh, or normal <laughs> yeah, for us, normal. Yeah. <laughs> naturally supernatural, naturally right. supernatural. Uh, I can't describe to you guys. Um, I feel like I'm in a company of prophets, mm. and I can't, I can't, uh, I can't say to you with English words what that really means to me. But my spirit could probably communicate it. But I feel like that um, many of us have been in a in a wasteland for mm -hmm. a long time. Yeah, and there are many listening or watching that will watch this at some point. Listening who feel like you're alone and you're in the wilderness and you're having that whole "I'm all out here by myself." Mm -hmm. There's nobody, and we call that the Elijah complex. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, know, you know, there's nobody here but me. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I pray that, uh, you'll also have that same experience where, you know, God open your eyes and, uh, show the Lord will show you that there's a lot more with you yeah. than there are against Come you. On. Yeah. You know, uh, you may be sitting under a juniper tree asking God to kill you at this moment, <laughs> yeah. uh, but don't forget that God is feeding you. Uh, the ravens are bringing you food. <laughs> and an angel an angel shows up and bakes him a cake. Come Just on, starts man. baking for a him. A cake? Yes. <laughs> a cake. He's all discouraged food. and a cake shows up. Yeah. Right? And Is I that bet, good right there? I bet yeah. that was the best angel food cake ah, ever ate. Come on, man. Bum, bum. <laughs> That's so good. Y'all tip your waitresses. We'll be here all week. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, it's really true. Like, the angels are just out there. It wakes him up. Yeah. Now, he wakes up with the angel just like, hey, good morning. Here. Yeah. Just cooking. <laughs> like, right. Like, when's the last time? I mean, you may or may not have had angelic visitations. Yeah. Uh, but but when was the last time one was just cooking waffles for you? Like, right. here, good morning. You know, like, that's... That's a different yes. kind of encounter with God. And understand that Elijah was not being incredibly, incredibly spiritual at the moment. Right. Elijah was not being a man of faith at the moment. Elijah right. was basically whining and griping and complaining. And I love it in the story. If you read it in the, in the text, God never reacted to that. No. God never on, got man. on to him. No. God Come never on. jumped him. No. God never, you know, it, it just... It just Send an angel. Angel yeah. starts feeding him. Look, you're hungry. And right. and we all get a little grumpy when we're hungry. Come on. Right. I mean, honestly. <laughs> right? Right? Hangry. Hangry. Yeah. Hangry. Yeah. Ask Linda about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like in our, you know, in my mind, God would just come down and smack me in the head. But you know, he really never has. No. And I've been a hot mess for a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've had a lot of moments where God, where God should have. You know, God should have taken me to the woodshed. And I'm not saying he didn't correct me, and I'm not saying he didn't. But, but you know, so many times in our moment of weakness, God, 
who is rich in mercy. Yes, come on, abounding <laughs> in mercy. Yes. You know, God is come. He comes to us in such mercy, yeah. in such grace. Yeah. Um. You know, you have a moment. You know, everybody has one. I don't. I don't. I'm not totally sure that Garen has them, but. I, it's possible. <laughs> I have them. It's possible. <laughs> but I have them. Yeah. You know, and, and, and to say, you know, you know, you're going to have a moment and it's okay. Come here. You, you, come here. Let me love on you. Let yeah. me encourage you. Yeah. Let me just speak strength to you. You know, dude, when you're saying that right there, it makes me think about the fact that God never sees us through our own eyes. Yeah. Come on. He only sees us through his. And so many times when we're in seasons of discouragement like Elijah was in, it's because we're seeing ourselves through our own eyes. Come on, yeah. And not the Father's. And so even even regarding sin, we we think that sin separates us from God. We we think that he he can't he can't really see us because of sin, but he's not looking through in through Man, through our on, eyes. Dude. He's looking through his. He's mm-hmm. looking through the eyes of a father. And so I really think that it's in those infirmities when he shows up the most. When, when his presence is made tangible because he wants you to be aware of the fact that he's not interested in your condition, he's interested in your heart. Come on. He, he wants to come past, beyond all of the discouragement, all of the shame, all of the guilt, everything that, you know, we were, you brought up the word hope when we were praying right before this. You said hope, hope, hope. And, and I just thought about the verse that says, hope maketh not ashamed. Mm. Yeah. Hope leaves no room for shame in our mm, hearts whatsoever. Jesus. And as long as our hope doesn't get deferred, which I believe we control that, as long as our hope doesn't get deferred, then we'll always have a place in God's heart where shame doesn't exist. Mm, come on, man. According to the book of Proverbs, shame is the promotion of fools. Yeah. It's, a, it's a vicious cycle Shame, nothing good ever comes from shame. Right. It's, it's not to be mixed up with or confused with the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's two entirely different things. One brings me closer to the yes, Father. Yeah. The other takes me further away. That's right. Not the sin. The sin consciousness, the shame. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's the difference. We, exactly. we have believed a lie. We've believed a lie, but I want you to expound on a little bit more in a moment what, what you were just talking about. Uh, uh, you said something, and it'll come back to me, man. I wanted you to stop and drill down into it. Uh, All right. What, what was it he just said? He just said something, that, and, and it, it'll come back. <laughs> um, but shame, but shame is, is the thing, is the tool of the enemy. Absolutely. Yes. And, and it, you know, you know I, I, I was posting a couple of days ago, and you were talking to me about that before. You know, religion, religion, um, you know, man-made religion. Understand that, like, you know, G- you know, God gave Israel ten commandments. By the time Jesus shows up on the scene and and starts walking among the people, there were hundreds mm. because they had created, they had taken a bunch of laws and created uh, 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 laws to help prop up the laws right. to make sure that people didn't break them. So they created layers of protection by. You know, it's one of those things, uh, don't, 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 don't sin, don't think about sinning, don't talk about sinning, don't dream about sinning, like, you know, don't sing songs about sinning, like, it, it was this whole, and it comes from the sin consciousness, yep. which says, you're a dirty, rotten, low-down, miserable sinner, that, yeah. do, that you do not deserve anything. Well, was it ever about what I deserved or didn't deserve? Come on. 
Like from the origin of time, did God say, I'm going to create a bunch of people and they're going to be born worthy. They're going to be born. I mean, they're going to be, did he ever say that? It was never about me. Right. It was the finished work of the cross. Come on, bro. <laughs> it was, it was the finished work of the cross. So religion says, and so, uh, we were talking about this before. Um, we, we, we at the same time don't want to let our grace, uh, uh, you know, turn into lawlessness. And I understand all of that, but legalism gets you there. That's right. B- buying Ooh, into this list of now. rules and regulations that says, uh, it says, I got to follow a list. I got to look at my list every day. I got to check. Okay. I'm, am I sinning here? No, I'm not sinning there. Oh, I might've sinned there. I got to fix that. And all you think about is sin, 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 sin. <laughs> well, whatever you think you become, Whatever you think you become. So if I sit around thinking all the time, I don't want to lust. I don't want to lust. I'm not going to lust. I'm not going to lust. I don't want to think about lust. Oh, look at that. And then you know you're lusting. Yeah. You know, because you're speaking it into existence and you're thinking it into existence instead of just waking up going, you know what? I'm the righteousness of God. (laughs) It has nothing to do with what I do or don't do. It's not based on my behavior. It's not based on a whole thing. And, 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 and as one of my former pastors would say, you know, people would say, well, are you saying that, that grace gives you a license to sin? Since when did you need a license to sin? Yeah. <laughs> Since when did anybody go? Wait a minute, I'm not sure. I'm actually, uh, I got, I'm, I'm actually credentialed here to sin. Like nobody ever checks stuff to see if you're licensed to sin. It's not about that. It's about thinking about the fact that I'm in Christ. Yeah. I've become a new creature. Right. Yeah. It's not I started doing new things. Right. I started going down a new list. Yeah. Sort of behaving, saying, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, that that's what we, what's what we've done. We've created a bunch of laws to make sure that we don't. Uh, and so, so, so that that's part of what's happening right now. There's a, there's a real revival, I believe. And I don't mean that in a, a series of meetings happening in a church kind of concept. I mean, there's a revival of understanding about the grace of God, Jesus. about the grace of God. I feel that in the Holy Ghost, yeah. that there's a revival about grace. Yeah, absolutely. That, that is capturing people. Yeah. It's, and once, yeah. you, mm. Mm, once you get captured by the grace of God, once you get arrested by that grace and it takes possession over your life, it changes everything. Changes. You don't have to worry about people's behavior changing. You don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about that because all of a sudden you're not in control anymore and you realize it. Like I'm just laying here in the grace of God. <laughs> you know, I'm moving and operating in the grace of God. Hit us. I feel it. Oh man. I just, when you said that about the work of the cross, the finished work of the cross, I just immediately, I felt like we needed to, to drill into the idea of when that work was actually finished because it was actually finished before the foundations of the world because he was crucified so so when adam and eve sin in the garden when they eat when they they do an act of disobedience and the father comes into the garden he he doesn't go looking for adam saying sinner sinner he still calls him by his covenant name he still called him by the name that he gave him his identity was never compromised in the eyes of god Ever, ever. It was never compromised in the heart of the Father. And when he comes walking into the garden, his response to their sin, I know that it it brought in, it ushered in a curse to the world, which, by the way, has been broken thanks, ah, thanks ah, to the blood of Jesus. Yeah. But but the Father's response to Adam and Eve was to, to make a sacrifice for them, to show them prophetically there's blood coming 
there's there's a covering coming. There's a blanket com- coming. Mm. And so he covers their nakedness. He covers what they're now consciously aware of so that they have a recollection in their heart forever. Not that God came in and chastised them, but that when the father showed up, the first thing he did was covered what they were so insecure about. Yeah. And that and just think about what the serpent used on Eve. He he said he got her focus off of every tree that God said they could eat. Exactly. And got her focus on the one tree That's it. that he said you couldn't eat of. That's yeah. it. Which what was that tree? tree of the knowledge of good and evil. <laughs> it, yeah. That by itself, you know, it That's, says everything since the beginning of time. God did not want them to eat from the tree right. of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. He really expected us. I remember, you remember that song from years ago? Is it Enigma? Is that what it was? Uh, uh, that did that Return to Innocence? Yeah. Remember that song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't judge me, Matt. I feel your judgment over wow. there. <laughs> Well, it had a native guy chanting in it. That's yeah, why. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> but 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 there, that, I feel like that's where the whole thing is. God wants us to return to that original design, that original design of, of yeah. innocence, um, where we're right before Him. Come we on, are, we are the righteousness of God. And, and you know, for mm. so long, for so long, we've taught all we've taught about that 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 encounter, that moment was how they got through out of the garden. Uh-huh. That that's been the focal point of. I know for myself, anytime I've ever heard the the fall, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean they even call, that's what they even call it the fall, the fall, you know, mm-hmm. and, and about how they were, they were cast out of the garden and brought a curse. Nobody wants to talk about the fact that God pulled them out and said, you know what, I'm going to cover you, mm. and I'm going to create a covenant right here and right now. I'm going to shed blood for you right now, like you said, as a prophetic sign. There's blood coming. Yeah, you know, we, we we've not been able to see that. All we've seen is the fall and and being cast out and. I want to, per- like, right now in this moment, this is going to sound off like subject, but I just want to personally, right now, thank all three of you for spending personal time with Jesus today. Because <laughs> I can tell in your voices, I can hear, I mean, I can literally, I can hear it in your words that you've been with the Father <laughs> today. And, um, I, like, I, when you guys are talking, I, I feel things coming alive inside of me tonight. <laughs> And that's the way this thing was designed to be. Come on. When when Adam, can you imagine, man, how so so when when the <laughs> when God comes into the garden and and he says, Adam says, We we hid ourselves because we were naked, and and he says, Who told you mm. you were naked? Mm. You know that question is never answered yeah. in scripture. Wow, yeah. No nowhere do they ever give an answer to that question. That the reason why is because there was no one who told them they were naked. When when they ate from the tree of the knowledge, they were, the knowledge, wow. the knowledge of good and evil, their consciousness was awakened to something that it was never created for. It was awakened to the consciousness of sin. Mm. And so the first thing that they realized was what they didn't have. That is exactly... Mm. 
what sin does. Yeah. Not only is that what sin does, and this may be like a really bold, and some people are like, yeah, you guys are just like, you just bash it all the time, you know, and all that stuff. But it's also exactly what religion does. Come on, man. Yes, mm-hmm. it, does. it tells you what you don't have. That's right. Mm-hmm. Instead That's right. of helping you mm-hmm. come into the knowledge and fulfillment of what you do yeah. have. Yes. Of what the Father's already done for you. Jesus. Yeah. I just, I just hear, I keep hearing a prophetic word, and this is, this is pure scripture, but I keep hearing it for somebody watching or listening. Uh, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Come on. Wow. Who has bewitched you to think that what was started in the spirit could be finished in the flesh? Jesus. At what point Amen. were we tricked into believing that what God did in grace and mercy and in the cross and the risen Christ, that you could finish it? In your works. In your works, in your flesh. My God. Like that is, you want to talk about being convicted. That should convict you. Yeah. That should convict you that you are striving to please God. That you are striving to do holy things. You are striving to do the work of ministry. Wow. And, and I say this with, with, with boldness, but I also say it with my own conviction because most of my ministry life has been that striving Striving. to please God and please men of God. (laughs) Man, let's talk about, let's talk about the word conviction a minute. Mm -hmm. Just the word conviction. Yeah. Come on. Most people don't even realize what that word means. Yeah. Hit us. We over-spiritualize it. We put our little twists on it. No way. Mm -hmm. We put our feeling of the Holy Ghost, what it feels like. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it said conviction means to convince. That's the that's the key word. Right. It's the Holy Spirit convincing you. This is not you. Mm. Man. It convinces you of righteousness. That's what Jesus said the Holy Spirit will do. Man. Conv- convict you of righteousness. Adam, I hear my wife in the middle of this. I hear my wife. <laughs> I hear my wife. I hear Shaylee getting on to one of the kids. Uh, you need to go find yourself because I don't know who you are right now. Mm. There you go. Because this is not who you are. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. This is not. I don't know who you're being, but That's this is not who you mama. are. You need to yeah. go find yourself right now. Right. That is. That is like. That is a. And it's. And you talking about fear of the Lord. It, it put, I'm a grown man, and I get a little fear on me when it happens. I'm like, I don't know what's about <laughs> to happen, but I'm gonna find myself too, just in case. You know, in case I got lost. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. you, know, you understand? Because of the level of authority. But all she's saying is that you're not being who you're supposed. You're not being you. No, I don't know who you're being not, right now, but it's not you. That's that. That's right. And that's what happens to us. That's. Con- that's conviction that's great so i read this in romans 7 today it's amazing we're talking about this because I, I didn't even know i was going to be able to the show tonight <laughs> i just came in like last minute from another meeting but paul said this in romans 7 he said after this is after his conversion mm. he says therefore if i sin it is no longer i who sins but sin that lives within me. Wow, there you go. So so I want you to just, just get that, fellas, because he separated his identity <sighs> Come from on. the sin. From the sin. He separated who he is to the Father from who he is in the flesh. He on, follows man. that statement up by oh, saying, Jesus. nothing good lives within my flesh. Mm. But he doesn't, he doesn't say that's who he is. Right. He says, if I sin, it's not me doing it, but it's the sin that lives in me because my flesh contains nothing good. 
But he had the, the wisdom as an apostolic voice to that entire generation, which is still speaking today, to know that you cannot afford to mix your identity with, with sin. With sin. It, it has to be seen as two completely different things. Yeah. Wow. There, nowhere yeah. in Scripture does it say that we're sinners saved by grace. <laughs> that is not in the Bible. <laughs> it's in 4th John, chapter, chapter 12. 4th <laughs> John. <laughs> yeah. Is it not? There, there was probably a 4th John that there came up with was. that. Yeah. But that's not in Scripture anywhere. That's right. We're, we didn't, Jesus didn't give his life for us because we're sinners. He gave his life for us because we have sinned. Yeah. We had sinned. But that doesn't... <laughs> Come on, man. The, the, the imputation of Jesus, when he came and he brought forth, he fulfilled every law. Come on. He, he gave us the avenue of sonship. When, when we see Jesus, what we see is the manifested heart of the Father, right? Yeah. There, there's only two times in the entire New Testament that God the Father speaks vocally. And both times, it's the same thing. This is my beloved Son. Right. One time he says, this is my beloved son uh, in whom I'm well pleased. All right. The other time, this is my beloved son. Hear him. That was on the Mount Transfiguration. The, the testimony, the perpetual testimony of the father is always the son mm. who we happen to be seated inside of. <laughs> oh, man. In, in heavenly places. In him, all things consist by him, all things consist. We're seated inside of the affection of the Father's heart. Mm. That's where we are. He became us. He became our sin. He became our curse so that we could, with him, die, be buried, and, and go through that whole process that we do whenever we do water baptisms. It's a whole prophetic process of death, burial, and the resurrection, the coming up. We go back, keep going back to Old Testament examples of this tonight, but when you look at the flood with Noah, of course, Noah being the tenth of the antediluvian patriarchs, he was the first descendant of Adam to never know Adam. It was his consciousness that the Father used mm -hmm. to restore all of humanity. But the thing that's amazing about the story of Noah is when you look at the earth, the earth, the earth was cursed. Mm. And God performed a water baptism. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Come on. That's so good. He submerged the, the earth. earth. Yeah. Wow. And and all that came up from <laughs> that submersion yeah. was righteous Noah. Come on, man. That's yeah. Righteousness was all that came up. And every one of us who walk on the planet today, whether we know it or admit it or not, we're all descendants of righteous Noah. Come on, man. The one that, that when his father mm. named him, he said, surely, surely he will be the one that breaks the curse. This will be the one that gives us rest. Mm. And that's what the name Noah means. It means rest. The revelation of this is life-changing. And this is something that I'm waking up to. So I, don't, I count not myself to have apprehended this. <laughs> uh, but, I'm, but this one thing I am doing is forgetting those things that are back there, including That's right. the, the, the revelation that I walked in. At the same time, if I'm walking in, and you shouldn't beat yourself up over that either. If you're still walking with the revelation you were walking with a year ago, much less a decade ago, I think you should really, you should really just, you know, go spend more time with the Father. I mean, you know, we, we are all moving from glory to glory. But when we quit going from doing 
to being yeah. is, is really what the father is moving us to understanding. Like we, we think you have to do a bunch of things. We still feel that way. We've been in immersed in a, we've been baptized into a works culture. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what you were saved into uh, when you saw Christians, you saw some level of angry God. You saw some level of judgmental, some level of God's going to get you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that was the whole thing. I'll never forget uh, when I was a younger, I saw, you know, a cartoon in a newspaper, a one, a one image cartoon. Uh, and there was an old white haired man sitting behind a computer screen behind a computer. And uh, there was a guy on the screen that was walking down the road, and there was a big boulder hanging, suspended over his head. And uh, there was a big finger about to hit a, a button on the computer uh, that said "Smite," and he had a you know kind of an evil grin. And the caption was "God at work," <laughs> and that is exactly the image that we've presented mm. to the world. Yes, that God is going to get you. That, that God, we've made God sound like the boogeyman. We've made it sound like, you know, uh, we, we focused a lot on the power of the devil. And we've, on the other side, we've, we've made God sound vengeful and weak <laughs> and confused. And, and, and my, favorite, my favorite thing is like this whole thing that God is surprised. Like when you wake up tomorrow and something comes your way, God is not like, well, I didn't see that coming. You know, God, God, God knows the end of your life from the beginning. So he knew everything that you've done. He knew you were going to do it. He wasn't sitting in suspense. Like, I wonder, I wonder, (laughs) you know, so he knew from the beginning. So when you begin to understand that God knew from the beginning and he loved you from the beginning and he was like Garen said, crucified before the foundation of the earth. Yeah. That was already settled yeah. in the <laughs> in the heavens. Yeah. Yes. It was already settled in the heavens. Mm. Then you can begin, I hope in the name of Jesus, you can begin to breathe. Right. And you can begin to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. And you can get in with the in through the nose and out with the mouth with the Holy Spirit and begin to understand I am loved. Come I on. am accepted. Come on. I am in the divine I am in the beloved. Yeah. I am my beloved's and he is mine. I don't have to earn love. That is not a thing. It is not a thing. That is, that is earning love is not a thing. Right. And, and if you are around even a body of believers who have taught you that you have to earn love and you have to earn acceptance, mm. then they are not operating in the spirit of Christ. They are operating in the spirit of the world. Come on. I'm just telling you. And there ought to be some distinction right. <laughs> between how we between how we operate in the kingdom, and and God's love is is really what it is. It's real love. It's a burning, all-consuming fire, yeah. which says to me that I let love do its perfect work in my life. Yes. I don't have to. to I don't have to. <laughs> on, I don't have to. I'm, I don't have to go and go. Well, because I love Him, I'm going to lay these things down. It will begin to melt off of me. Right. Listen, I don't, I don't go, well, I'm, I'm in love with my wife. I don't have to go, well, I'm going to make sure I don't do this, this, and this, and this, and I'm in love with my wife. It doesn't, I don't even have to think that way. Right, right, right. Yeah. Because I'm in love and my body begins to think like that. I love my wife. I, I begin to, you know, you, you start right. to wake up and you begin to do things. And my, I'm being transformed, so I'm kind of fired up about it. I'm, I'm talking. On, but I'm fired up about it because I have gone back and forth between grace and works yeah. for my entire adult life. Yeah. 
I think the key, man, right there, what you just said, it, and first of all, I like you so much right now. Like, <laughs> like you, you are, man. You're being transformed. It's so yeah. obvious, dude, and you're. It's all like fresh too, mm-hmm. and I love that, man. And I think it will forever be fresh. Come on, Jesus. Um, but we we have to gain an understanding of the difference between grace and mercy. Mm. We we treat the two as if they're the same, and I think really it kind of goes back to and and we probably won't be able to get into the depth of this, but the whole God's gonna get you mentality, you know, is is really a confusion between God and the Lord mm. in in the Old Testament, of uh, God being Elohim and the Lord being Jehovah, and there's a lot of like doctrinal stuff we could get in mm. and and talk about there. Maybe we'll do a whole show for that one day. But the the I name Jehovah is it means self existent. When you break it down, it means to be, to become, and to come to pass. Anytime you see all caps Lord in the Old Testament, that's what it's talking about. It means to to be, to become, to come to pass. It's seed time harvest. Mm. That's right. So mm. when we see the reaction of the Lord, all right, in the old covenant. What we have to understand is that is a reaction that's being brought about by seeds that were sown by people. So when we when we have this mentality of God's going to get you, it's because we're confusing Elohim, God, the Godhead, three in one. We're confusing Elohim with the Lord, Jehovah, which is the system of power in which God's God's power works. God's power works in seed time and harvest. Right. We had a really unique experience here for intercession Sunday morning. And um, we were sitting here and we started to hear this sound. I said, you guys hear that sound? And it was so loud. Matt actually yeah. said, it sounds like fireworks going off in my yard. But what it was, was right here in the barn, the sun had come up over the, the edge of the treetops and it was melting the frost off of the barn, and it was rolling down the, the roof, and it was landing on a tarp outside. All of that <laughs> happened without us doing anything. Ah, that's right. Okay? Because God put Jehovah, he put seed time and harvest into motion at the time of creation. If that wasn't in place, then the world would have really no governing authority within itself. Things would just happen. It would be constantly out of control. Right. Okay. So a lot of the the things that that we kind of attribute to God's going to get you, it's because we don't really understand the nature of God. We we confuse that with the Lord. In the same sense, we confuse mercy with grace, and we think the two are the same, but they're not. That's right. Mercy is God's willingness to forgive you when you don't deserve it. The I think it's Psalm 136. I may be wrong on that, but I think it's Psalm 136. Every Every verse in that chapter ends with this phrase, His mercy endures oh, yes, forever. Right. Yeah. Yes. Every verse. If you ever get a chance to read that, that chapter, it walks you through the creation of the world, through the story of God. And, mm. and at the end of every verse in Psalm 136, it says, His mercy endures forever. Mm. So I, I always I tell my wife, when, when I'm talking to her about it, I'm like, it's like mercy is the binder that holds the story of God together. Mm. That, that ought to just tell you something about his nature as yes. a father that makes him irresistible to me as a son. Come on, man. Mercy is the binder that holds his story together. But grace is something entirely different. 
And when you get a, a revelation of grace through the avenue that I'm about to share right now, um, you won't frustrate it. And, and Paul talked in Scripture about people frustrating grace. Grace is God's empowerment to make you like himself. Mm. Mm. So good. If you take two dancers and you put them in front of a, a crowd of people and one of them has grace and the other one doesn't, you're going to immediately notice the difference. That's right. <laughs> when, when God's grace is on you for something, yeah. to accomplish something, to do something, for any assignment associated with grace, it will be, <laughs> Come on. It will be like breathing air. Yeah. You'll just be able to do it. And grace will be the only explanation that you'll have for it. That's what grace is. That's right. So when we start My to Jesus. when we start to see grace as a substance that God has put within us or put on us to empower us to do things, we'll stop using it as a license to sin. Come on. Mm. We'll stop using it as a covering. For right. sin, because grace, according to Scripture, is not a covering for sin. Love is. That's right. Grace is an empowerment to be free from sin. Yeah, so mm. good. It's completely different. Caught and Jeez. we have such a twisted, perverted understanding of grace in in this generation. Yeah. But when you when you know God's grace is on you to do something, and you've been empowered in that particular avenue, I'm telling you, man. Like like me and my wife, we have people all the time that are like. Our family, like our blood family, not the barn family, but like our blood family, they're, they're like, I don't know how you do what you do. And to us, it's like, I, I don't know what you're talking There's about. There's a grace on your life to do it. Yeah. There, yeah, there's such a grace on our life from the Father that yeah. it's he's empowered us to do it. Yeah. You know, and and recognizing grace through that avenue really opens up a lot of things in your life. I think Man. we were talking about this before. Uh, Adam and I were talking about it. You know, um, so much of the modern thought about grace is a reaction to years and years and years of legalism. And this is the thing, you know, getting in our own heads. But it is a reaction to legalism. Mm -hmm. We did go down. We were checklist Christians for so long. And we were, we were uh, holding ourselves and holding each other to such a, a, a standard of human performance. And, you know, checklist Christianity, how you dressed, where you went, you know, more, more about what you didn't do than what you did. You know, Christianity was a lot more like, you know, you know back in the day, they'd ask you, well, what is a Christian? Well, you don't, you don't drink and you don't smoke. You went down a list of things you don't do. Mm. It wasn't <laughs> right, right. It doesn't what you are or what you do. And I think that after a while... This is like the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, the, the uh, minister that was here Sunday night. Uh, Krista Jordan. Krista Jordan. Yeah. She talked about it. You know, we, we, uh, we you know, everything is a reaction. And, uh, you know, a yin and a yang, if you, if, you like, if you like a better expression. You know, but, um, you know, we, we react one way. We pull the pendulum so back into works that, that now we've let it go and it's gone fully. Uh, in so many places, it's gone full uh, extreme. Extreme. The other way. Yeah. Eh, everything. Do, do whatever you want to do. Yeah. It's all good. You know, you you can be anything you want to be. You can you can do whatever. Just just go. And it's still though depend. It's still thinking about my myself and my performance. Yeah. And this revelation that you're preaching about tonight uh, is life changing. And I want to see you drill in for real. I want I want to hear this Elohim uh, message in a mm. deep way. I want us to understand, I want us to know uh, the distinction between Jehovah 
and Elohim. You know, this Elohim message is really starting to become everywhere I turn around and look. You know, conversations about Nephilim and all these things that the church has danced around for years and years and years. <laughs> and I don't know why. Yeah. We just danced around. Like, we don't want to talk about those things. But we need to, to, to have a little background so that we can understand yeah. Uh, you know, what all God has done <laughs> yeah. and what all you know, he is doing. What's amazing is, is the, um, the more those things become expressed, <laughs> the closer we get to our original roots, mm. the, the closer we get to the, the New Testament church, yeah. because their, their understanding, their understanding of Christianity was not sinners and saints. It was, it was uh, adopted an orphan. It yeah. was completely different. They they saw themselves as being grafted into the tree that mm. they had been. They had been so chosen by God that they were now considered part of His family. They mm. considered themselves to be in the bloodline of God, and so they talked about things like the spirit of adoption. You know, when when we talk about predestination, which became this, like, I don't know, kind of like the pendulum thing, right? There there was this, like, I'm predestined to do this. I'm predestined to do that. No, you're predestined for adoption. That's right. That's what Scripture says. That's right. That's what predestined has brought you into is the fact that God, you said this a while ago, this is so good. You, you were talking about the things that were completed before, you know, the foundations of the world. What we need to understand about that through the heart of the Father is that he already had his mind made up concerning us. Yeah. He, he, his, his response and reaction to us is already premeditated. It's already thought out in his heart. He knows exactly how he feels about us. And when we're when we're walking in, and we still, man, I I just last year I saw it, I saw it so much, and it really kind of um, it didn't really make me mad, but it, it kind of hurt my feelings. There there were my feelings. It hurt your feelings. <laughs> it hurt my heart. Don't I don't know. Yeah, don't want me hurting Garen's feelings. I don't know what, why okay. I said that. I like but, it, but it kind of did though, because when when the COVID thing hit. And I don't, you know, we don't even, I don't like to talk about it, but but when the COVID thing hit, I saw so many people revert back to traditional things. Mm. Blood on the doorpost, Passover, you know, the all of these traditional things that were old covenant practices. And and it was kind of like they they became signs of hope and and here's the here's the thing literally people were doing that like that was a they real were literally thing. doing it like somebody tried to get us to to hang a red reef on our door yeah. and I was like you don't understand my savior is the door come on no <laughs> no longer am I focusing on blood on the post right that's an inferior reality of who Jesus is he's not blood on the post anymore he's the daggum door Woo! and if you want to get to the father that's the door you got to go through come on yeah. you know yeah. that's the only door that you can go through to get to where he is so we we do man we we just look for ways to Matt you use the term self-preservation a lot. Yeah. And it's such a good way of, of explaining it, man, because in self-preservation, there's really not a whole lot of um, external thought, you know, regarding assignment, grace, all those things. It's really just about personal protection. Right. It's about self-preservation, making sure that 
me and my family are all good. Mm-hmm. You know, we we go back and we quote what Joshua said. We and we it's like on a thing in our house. As for me and my house, right, we will serve the Lord. Right. Well, which house are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Wow. Because when the New Covenant believers were talking about their house, they were talking about the family of God. That's right. Mm-hmm. They were talking about the house of the Lord. They were talking about the body of Christ in general. They yeah. weren't talking about just them and Jack and Susie, you know, their right. kids at home. They were talking <laughs> about the body. Mm-hmm. So I maybe you could just share a little bit on, well, on self-preservation and why that's so prevalent in, in our time. Why it's so prevalent? Because it, I think it's easy just to be honest, I think it's easy. It's it's um, it's the least amount of responsibility, and it alleviates any responsibility to anybody else. And a sin consciousness produces that because instead of instead of seeing other people and and understanding, seeing things the way like the the New Testament church saw it where they saw everybody instead of seeing it that way. And, and sin conscious says, well, you're going to let them down or you're going to do this. Or you're going to do that, or they're going to do this to you and they're going to take that from you. And so it, it creates this thing to where you find the easiest way out and still look good on the surface. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, man, self-preservation, it is probably one of the most, how do I say this? It is probably one of the worst characteristics yeah, that we could possibly display. Absolutely. And and I don't I mean that I don't mean that in any kind of judgment towards anybody. No, yeah, it's true. It, it, it's it's true. It it only confirms that our love isn't perfected. Right. It, and also, that's the opposite of what Jesus said. Absolutely. You must deny. Self. Self. Right. Yeah. Pick up your cross and follow me. Right. And it's it if we're honest, if we're self preservation, it's a lack of trust. Mm. You know, Jesus said, I you know, the Father has given you to me, and no one will pluck you <laughs> out of my father's hand. That's not me trying to stay in there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> he good. he he chose us. He, yeah. he he also he also was crucified before the foundation, but he was uh he chose us in him before before time began. Yeah. Mm. Ephesians one four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's he he uh <laughs> he chose us and also in Hebrews he says the works of God was finished. Before time began. Yeah. And really, to, to piggyback off of that, Adam, self-preservation is in complete and direct violation and contradiction of the gospel. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Of, of everything that, that God wants to do with us, in us, through us, what, what Holy Spirit craves for us, what Jesus desires with us, Self-preservation is completely and totally in contradiction of that. Yeah. 
I'd absolutely. Well, he that loses his life will find it. I mean, you know, Jesus came preaching this radical, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, if you if you want to if you you know sell everything you got and come follow me. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Jesus, like we're we're yeah, not you know yeah. on one side of this, so there the the deep the deeply <laughs> conservative uh, Christian mind is is listening to us going, these boys are a little loose. Uh, no, no, no. We're not talking about we're we're talking about absolutely laying your life down, That's, right? Yeah. We're not right. we're not talking about uh, yeah. skimping. You, we're talking you about just you just gave the new covenant tithe principle. Yeah. yeah. The, the old covenant tithe principle is to to take 10%, yeah. bring it in the storehouse. The new, new covenant. covenant is to sell everything you have and follow him. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's all his now. It's all, it's all his. his. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. yeah. We've been bought. Yeah. Come on, man. We've been bought. <laughs> I'm not my own. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and it's a it's a whole different mentality. But when you walk into this thing with mm. the understanding of covenant, come on. It changes. It's not a labor. That's right. It's not a labor Come anymore. It, yeah. That's the difference. Is it's, it's not works. I I I don't. I'm dead. I'm walking into this thing dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the life that I was living mm-hmm. is no longer who I am and what I'm living. I'm, I'm now dead to to the Jeremy that you used to know. Those of you right. that haven't seen me in a while, there was a Jeremy you knew that had moments of anointing and power, and but, but it was a big ball of flesh. That's not the Jeremy you will meet the next time you meet me. <laughs> right. Uh, because I'm, I'm really waking up to the fact that I'm a dead man. That's oh, right. Oh, wow. But Christ is, <laughs> is coming alive in me. That's, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so these cycles Jesus. that I've lived in for my own personal testimony, yeah. which is, is, you know, is not very rosy. Uh, <laughs> because I've done a lot of things in the shadow of the cross. More thorny. And, more thorny than More Rosie. thorny yeah. than Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> Never could find the pedals. <laughs> 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 but, you know, yeah, yeah. Because, because it would have been very easy for the folks that knew me very well, even up to a year ago, to say, boy, that boy's anointed, but he is... Mm, right. Mm, you know what I mean? Right. Boy, he's a good guy, but... Mm, you know what I mean? Like, there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of uh, internal conversation and chatter that I could sense and tell. I knew, and I understood. Fully got it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, God uses me. And one of my favorite things to say uh, was God uses me in spite of me. I would say that everywhere I'd go, yeah, God. I mean, people would say, man, you're so anointed. And i go, yeah, God uses me in spite of me. Uh, not understanding what I was even saying. Right. You understand? Mm-hmm. You know, we start to buy into this false humility thing. Man. We start to buy that. into this. Bust something up and now. <laughs> yeah, we start to buy into this whole, you, people say, you did a great job. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Right. Yeah. You know, at we, 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 one point, we just started pointing. That, you know, we didn't even say a word. They go, you are so... <laughs> you know we you know you know no yes it is Christ in me but but I did study to show myself approved a workman that didn't need to be ashamed I did study a practice I did rehearse I did spend time with the Lord again it's still him flowing in me right 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 but it's but yeah. I had to open myself up you had and let to, him do it right and you had to die <laughs> you had to die it goes back to dying it really goes back to dying yeah. we we represent him yeah on the earth yeah. He, he represents us in heaven we represent him on the earth and to represent means to represent <laughs> yeah represent <laughs> yeah that's a whole different you know <laughs> it's identification like garen was saying it's just it's it's who we are it's our id it's our Jesus. identity it's uh you know we were buried with him 
not he he wasn't just buried. We were buried with him. We were we died with him, buried with him, and we were raised with him. Yeah, come on, man, with him. In Ephesians, it says that Paul specifically says with him. Right. Now I wasn't there two thousand years ago. Was you? Mm. Mm-mm. Not in my flesh, you know. But when he done it, he said it's finished. Yeah. I was buried with him. I was, I died with him. I was buried with him. I was raised with him to life. Yeah. And you know, in Adam, and Adam and Eve in the garden, the God said, the minute you eat of this tree of knowledge, good and evil, you shall surely die. Well, they lived hundreds of years after that in the flesh before their body died. But the minute they ate of that tree, they died. They died spiritually. Mm-hmm. They were separated from God spiritually. Mm-hmm. They were dead. They're, they didn't have their, they, their spirit died, which means death in that sense was separation. That's what death was. So yeah. they were separated. And that's, that's what the word says. But watch this. From that time they died, were separated from God in, the, in their spirit. Their spirit died, separated from God, until Jesus came and died and was resurrected, until they, people become born again. All through from the time of Adam to the time of the first born-again believer after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There was nobody in the Old Testament, no prophet, no, not even the disciples, yeah. was born again. Mm, come That's on. Right. <laughs> there was nobody born again. Right. That's right. They were, they were all dead in their spirit. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Calling down fire from heaven and everything else. Everything. Dead. And they were, you dead. know, the Holy Spirit come yeah. on them and they prophesied. Sure. But they didn't have a born again, new created spirit like we do with christ yeah, come on in them. with christ in them yeah christ wasn't in them yeah and that's something which yeah. by the way peter with the disciples um i think it was james and john were, were basically like reprimanded in the garden for trying to call down fire just as elijah did yeah and the response of jesus to that particular incident was you know not what spirit you're of yeah, yeah, because that wasn't of his spirit. Mm. Wouldn't be <laughs> that wasn't of his spirit. Mm-mm. He said, "Don't you don't you don't know what spirit you're of." He had a whole brand, he had a brand new spirit waiting for them, Man. waiting for them. Wow! And yeah. golly, we we always talk about you know being restored when we get born again, we get restored. But the reality is, when you look at the work of Jesus, you're you're more than restored; you're replaced. <laughs> Come on. Because he who knew no sin became <laughs> sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. He replaced us with himself, and he replaced himself with us. Mm. So you're saying you're a piece of the rock? Yeah. <laughs> he took on. <laughs> he took on everything about our carnality, everything about the human flesh. He took that upon himself. He became the curse. So when you really get that revelation and understanding, then you'll know what was actually nailed to that cross. Mm. Oh, come on with that. Yeah. He condemned sin. In the flesh. In the flesh. In the flesh. Come on. Come on. Romans right mm. there. That's it. Mm. 
He condemned sin in the flesh. So Jesus come and showed us <laughs> what was lost. Yeah. He showed us what it's like and what the Father wants to restore yeah. and what a son really looks like. Yeah. Come on, dude. You, uh, so I, I want you to dive into that, man, because he came to seek and to save that. 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 Not them, not yeah. those, not, not right. he, not she, not, yeah. That which was lost. Yeah. He, he, he prayed a prayer in John 17. He said, Father, I, pr- I just thank you that the same glory that you have given me, I'm going to give to them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The same glory. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He come full of grace and truth. As of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And we beheld his glory. Mm. We beheld his glory. Wow. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yeah. You know, you know, guys, there's a big difference between communicated knowledge and revelation knowledge. Yeah, come on. Mm-hmm. Ephesians, Paul specifically prayed for them in Ephesians, said, look, I pray that you have a spirit of, that the revelation, the spirit of revelation will be given to you and yeah. that you will understand yeah. that, the, that your your heart will be enlightened and understand the hope of your calling, the power that he's given you, and the inheritance that he's put in you. Yeah. A revelation. It's a revealed knowledge. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, he, he, told, uh, he told Peter, he told the disciples in Matthew 16. <laughs> yeah. He asked them a specific question. He said, hey, guys. Gather around. Come on, let me let me ask you this. Who does men say that I am? Yeah. Jesus yeah. asked them that. Yeah. And they said, well, let me see. Um, I'm, I'm just putting yeah. it in modern-day yeah. terms. Well, on Facebook, they say you're Jeremiah. Yeah. On, um, on Instagram, <laughs> they said that uh, you're John the Baptist that uh-huh. was risen from the dead. Yeah. You know, on Twitter, yeah. man, <laughs> Jesus' Twitter is yeah. all about, yeah. uh, all about th- these other prophets. Yeah, yeah. That's what they say. Yeah. Now, when he asked them communicated knowledge, they told him what everybody else was saying. Mm-hmm. But he asked them. He got more personal. You know what he said? He said, now, who do you say that yeah. I am? Yeah. You know, not everybody, hush. They didn't have an answer but one person. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah. I on, can man. quote what everybody else yeah. is saying. Come on. By learned knowledge. But revelation knowledge that comes from the Father, oh, man, you don't have much people talking, do you? You know what I'm saying? And only through revelation knowledge did Jesus say, upon this revelation will I build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Come on, man. He didn't say upon communicated (laughs) knowledge. He didn't say what you get from Facebook and what you get from Instagram and what you get from Twitter, what you get from everybody else. He says upon revealed revelation knowledge that comes from the Holy Spirit that has coming from my Father. Yeah, not a Facebook meme. Coming in, not you. right. Hey, this is this is you, this is you and the Lord. Learn right. That's why I I, I, I handed Jeremy yeah, it's a great book. first time when I come in. I handed Jeremy a, a book, The Secret Place, The Secret of the Secret Place. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to hog the mics tonight. Uh, why but. not? I did for a while. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're good. It's, but, it's but, my point, but my point is only what the Father reveals yeah. is what he builds his church, ecclesia, on. And only what the Father has revealed is the gate is what is the revelation that the gates of hell won't prevail against. It's revelation that can't be deceived. Mm. Come on, man. It guards you against deception. Mm. It guards you against deception because what I hear one person say, what I'll hear another person say, what I hear another person can say yeah. can cause great confusion. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's learned communicated knowledge, but what I hear the father say. Now, the father, Matt has said things. Gary has said things. Jeremy said, people say things that the father explodes in me. Yeah. 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 Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He uses yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. He uses. Sure. But but Garen said it to begin with, guys. I can tell all three of you yeah. have spent time. Come on, yeah. man. in the secret I think place. This is today. a very appropriate place to you know to, mm. to to quote that scripture that you know, uh, man shall not live by bread alone, Come on. but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I think it's really important for us to really begin to listen again. And uh, listening to the preceding word from the mouth of God is a life-changing thing. Uh, you want to talk about revelatory knowledge that will change your life. Understanding you're a son and listening as a son to your daddy. Talk to you. Uh, and he will not withhold any good thing from you. He will not withhold any good knowledge, any good revelation. Listen, God will we literally, we, we used to make fun of people. They won't buy a car unless they ask the Lord. They won't, you know, we used to make fun of people like that because, yeah. you know, they, they, you know, they won't go to a restaurant. They ask the Lord to pick a restaurant. Um, what, what's the problem? <laughs> I mean, how's it been working for you? I mean, I can give you my own story and yeah. tell you, like, you know, all the decisions Jeremy made versus the decisions where I stopped and went, what are you saying here, God? And listened right. to the Lord. I can tell you even on the little bitty things because we don't believe that God's in the little things. We don't live as if God's in the little things. We think God's only on the big national stuff or the big, you know, life or right. death stuff. But God's in every detail of your life. When you're in him and he's in you, he's in every little detail of your life. You're, you're rising, you're going to sleep, you're eating, you're, you're, whatever you're doing, God is there. He's in it. And he, he, he has knowledge for everything that you're That's facing. Right. And I think when we get back to that whole, you know, it's not just the printed word of God, the logo. It, that's important. Oh, you can't, you, you need to saturate yourself with that. But if you're reading that and you're not listening for the preceding word of God, oh. You're missing a lot Come on. of necessary and vital information. Um, it's really important, I think, that we get back to that. This kind of stuff that you're hearing around this table is uh, not just a bunch of bookworms. Come on. Oh, this is, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a bookworm. This not, is, this not is, by any stretch. Yeah. You know, this is not straight out of a seminary class that we went to earlier <laughs> this week. <laughs> Definitely not. You know, I can have a professor, I can sit in a class mm -hmm. in college, have a professor teach me everything mm -hmm. about business mm -hmm. and never owned a business. He's never owned a business, but he can teach me mm -hmm. book knowledge about everything. He's learned how to teach. He's learned how to teach. Learn knowledge. Yeah. You know, oh, the, the, all kinds of them practice law. They never practice law, but they're teaching law in law school. It goes yeah. down, it goes go down the list. It goes down the list. Yeah. It's never meant to be that way. Mm -mm. Can you we... Know, 
Go ahead. Go no, ahead. you I go. I don't talked to, enough. No, you're good. You, yeah, I, the, I gifts, the gifts. The I gifts. The gifts. The offices, apostles, prophets, pastors, pre- teachers, evangelists. Mm-hmm. These are gifts, gifts and offices of Christ. Mm. Watch. A lot of people will submit themselves yeah. to an to a gift, mm-hmm. even if it's way wrong and mm-hmm. abusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll do anything for that gift, right? And submit to that gift and not submit it to Christ. I don't know if you're a true apostle or a true prophet if I've never spent time with the true apostle and the true prophet. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. You, right. you know, just tithe up to me and I'll be your daddy. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That don't oh, happen. Oh, man. Spend time with the Father <laughs> and you'll find out the gifts. Mm. That come from the Father Amen. is real or not? For only forty nine dollars a month, we can be your online apostle. We had, yeah. we recently we were having an exchange with somebody and and they were they were standing here in the barn and they said, "Man, well, I want to I want to come here <laughs> and serve under you." And I said, "Yeah, I want to I want to come <laughs> under you." I said, "You can come here, but you won't be serving under anybody." Yeah, right. Because we don't do that stuff here. That's and right. I, and I don't care. I, I'm fully convinced of this, man. We, you, you were mm. talking about earlier, Jeremy, about holding people to standards. We used to hold each other to standards as mm-hmm. Christians and say, "Well, this is what you don't do if you're a Christian." Mm-hmm. And and really, what happened is, is we replaced fellowship with accountability, and mm. we called it discipleship. Oh, wow! Man. Say that again. We replaced fellowship with accountability, and we called it discipleship. Man, and and the highest degree of accountability is revelation. Come on. When you get guys together like we do at 5.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings, right, and you just dive into the Spirit of God and revelation starts to come because you're interceding, you're praying, you're there to express whatever is being said in the Spirit. You're you're speaking as an oracle of God. You are accountable just like you are at any other time for the words you speak. That's right. When the words you speak become revelation, revelation becomes the highest degree of accountability for any born-again believer. Mm. For any born-again believer. That's right. And the sad thing is, is people bypass revelation and try to have accountability without it. And it becomes nothing more than devaluing and degrading what, what they call discipleship, but it's really not. It's just a bunch of discipline. Mm. Wow. Which mm-hmm. comes back from the original, and I don't, you know, we're not throwing any particular branch of Christianity under a bus, but really, if you think about how the organized concept of religion got started, uh, you know, who was controlling the the church, who was controlling even the uh, um, the translation of the Bible, all of this was for political political gain and political purposes. Understand, you know, what was happening in the 1600s. What was happening in 1611 was not a whole, like, Jesus movement in the earth. I mean, what was happening, understand, <laughs> let's just be real. Yeah. This was not a great revival that broke out in England where the king of England went, I've seen the Lord. It was all about, hey, I've got to figure out how to 
uh, have more control. I got to right. figure out how to, first of all, get somebody to let me live the life I've been wanting to live. Cause I, I want to marry this chick and they're not let me, you know, be married this chick, you know, the Catholics are not let me do this, but it was all just a hand down of religion. And you know, when, 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 uh, <laughs> uh, and still to this day, that spirit tries to, to, to hang on in modern Christianity. And we really like taskmasters. Wow. We really enjoy him. You talk about that. We've, we've done this thing with the fivefold ministry. I'm an apostle. I don't carry my own water. I'm an apostle. I'm a prophet. I'm a, all of these things. And we, they, we really do walk in a, in a hierarchy. And really and truly, the fivefold ministry is, <laughs> is underneath lifting people up. Right. We've got this upside-down pyramid, you know, that we're at the top because we're operating in these giftings. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so everyone should serve, pay up you know, serve us. You look out and everybody's cutting your grass. Everybody's doing everything for you because of, you know, the title that you walk in. Listen, folks, there are websites you can pay free. You can get a title. I mean, we can give you a title tonight if you want one. I mean, titles are easy to come by and we can, you know, you can get a stamped paper off the internet that'll tell you from henceforth, that is your title. You are from henceforth an apostle. Okay. Then go walk as an apostle. Wow. If that's the case, you got your paper on the wall that says you're an apostle, you're a prophet, then go then go do what that gift does. Raise up, plant, instruct, push people up. I mean, I don't know about you, but if you look at the apostles in the New Testament, it was not a, it was most they all died. Mm. I mean, it was <laughs> yeah. they were chained, beaten, uh, shipwrecked. I mean, you know, that it wasn't a glamorous parking space kind of thing. Right. It was uh, a <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> you know, it wasn't a, a special color stole that you wore on your robe because you had, I mean, this was, a, well, stripes, uh, imprisonment, uh, shipwrecked, uh, left for dead, uh, abandoned. That was the mark of an apostle. Right. Uh, let, let's just, that's just the truth. And so I think that we really not understood that the, 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 if you've got a call of God on your life, it's to lay down your life for the Lord and for the world, for, for everybody around you. It's to lay down your life. That was the example that your king gave you. Lay down your life. That's it. I'm here to serve. What can I do? So he talks about, you know, Garen talks to me and people want to come and stand under. Well, I don't know how anybody could try to stand under Garen because he's trying to get under everybody else. Right. Yeah. Garen is really taking that how low can I go? Garen is the greatest servant I know. I want to be. I mean, I I desire that, dude. You know, and it's, uh, I mean, I'm thankful. It it really, it. I'm blessed that you said that because mm. I want that. Um, I want to lay my life down. It, it would be an honor, fellas, one day to to literally to physically give my life for mm. my king. Mm-hmm. That would be an honor. Yeah. Um, I, there's no way I would rather go. <laughs> just, I know that. I mean, just be, I'm just being yeah. real. We um, because the the apostles that that were killed for their faith, most of them, their bodies were actually dipped in oil, and they were burned as torches for the roads of Rome. Mm-hmm, Nero. So even, even in their death, they became shining lights. Come on, man. <laughs> Literally so that people could, could party, dine. Could you know, find their way. Yeah, yeah, and walk, whatever the case were. Yeah, the roads were marked with these guys. Well, imagine even the days of Jesus. Like, wow. we think about, you know, Jesus, the cross mm-hmm. was not an isolated event. The whole streets of the city, this is this was a oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, this has never been a glamorous thing, folks, friends right. and neighbors. We've, we've had years and years of gold-covered uh, gold pianos and, and, and thrones on, ch- on church stages. 
We've done that for years. Yeah. Armor bearers and, you know, and posses. Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, honestly. Yeah. We've done that for years, and it's, it's, it's okay. It's been a good run. It's been a good run. It's been a good run. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and shut it down. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're done. It's we're done. Do, we're done with that. Yeah. Uh, we're not building our own kingdom. Mm. I was uh, – mm. Man, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of skeptical about where to go from here, but I I want to let me do this. I'm going to do this first. Maybe I'll share what I was about to share, but I want to do this first. I want to, if you guys will allow me to, I want to kind of just exegete Matthew 16 and the scripture that Adam was talking about, uh, because Adam Adam received this revelation about <laughs> the difference between communicated knowledge and revelation knowledge. Um, basically at the same time that we received it, but we were having a conversation here and he was in rest. <laughs> Come on, wow. man. Wow. wow. He was he was in rest. We were here having a conversation about it during intercession. So I I'm gonna just kinda go I'm gonna go down this road for just a minute or two here. I wanna really look at the terminology and the words that were used in Matthew sixteen. And forgive me if I misquote some things because I'm completely shooting from the hip here. Um, shooting, I'm shooting from the heart. Hmm. So Jesus asked his disciples this question. He said, who is it that men say, I, the first time he asked the question, mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. the son of man, mm -hmm. am. So between I and am, there's this phrase that he puts in mm -hmm. there, the son of man. Mm -hmm. All right. Now we're we're talking about we're talking about something a little bit different right mm -hmm. here, okay? Because he's talking about his his human mm -hmm. his human form. I, the Son of Man, am. Mm -hmm. We're we're not talking about the Son of God. We're talking about the Son of Man because that's what he came as. Mm. Okay, all right. He came as a man, yeah. and I know people don't want to talk about that, but it's true. Mm -hmm. He came. As a man, now mm -hmm. I'll get, hold on because it gets better, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he came as a man, he did, and we don't devalue who God is by saying that. Right. That should, if anything at all, that should give us affirmation of the value the Father sees in us. Mm, come on, because we were the avenue that God invaded the earth through, through His creation, through humanity. Okay. So he became a man. He asked the question, who is it that men say, I, the Son of Man, am? And they gave him all the explanations that other people were saying. Then he said this. He said, well, who is it that you say, I, no separation, am? Mm. Oh, Come on. Wow. I, get, I just got when he, Oh, wow. Come on. When he pulled the Father's name on himself. Mm. Jesus. Who is it that you say, I am? When he pulled the Father's name on himself, always pay attention to the way Jesus expresses his communion with the Father mm. because it's always present tense. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I, what I hear the Father say. He didn't separate the, the time tenses in that. He didn't say, I only do what I saw him do. Mm. Wow. I only yeah. say what I heard him say. Right. He never separated time concerning the Father. Right. His communion with the Lord was present. Yes. In yeah. every single moment. Yeah. And and here's where we like we get real weird about that because we're like 
we, we complicate the heck out of that. Yes. I'm just being real because we're yeah. like, I gotta, I gotta see what the Father's seeing. I gotta hear yeah. what the Father's yeah. saying. Jesus simplified Christianity for us with this one statement: If you've seen me, guys, you've seen him. You've seen the Father. <laughs> so whatever you see me do is the will of the Father. Yeah. So. Not only the works that I do, but greater works will you do. Because yeah. you've seen me, you've seen him. Yeah. You've had a real living, tangible expression of Elohim, of the Father's heart coming Man. into manifested form in the earth. Okay? Wow. So wow. everything that you've seen me do, that's what you're going to do. In fact, you'll do greater things, right? Because you have even a greater witness of Jesus. who the Father is because I'm here. That's, that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus referred to, and I'm getting off of Matthew 16, but when you look at him going in the temple and turning over the tables of the money changers, he said, stop making my father's house a den of what? Thieves. thieves. A den of thieves. Now, how would Jesus define a thief? Well, let's just think about what the book of Hebrews says concerning Jesus. He thought it not robbery to be equal. <laughs> yeah. Come mm. on. There it is. <laughs> to be equal with God. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So, so Jesus pulls the Father's name on Himself, and when He does that, Peter immediately says, "You're the Messiah. You're the Son of the Living God." Yeah. Now, pay really close attention to the next words that come out of Jesus's mouth because He says this. He says, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Simon, son Son of of Jonah. Jonah. He just gave him who he is and who he came from. But he's about to give him the real deal. Who he really is and who he really came from. Yeah. So he says, he, this is amazing. Mm, Just Jesus. the way Jesus communicates in this chapter is amazing. Because he calls him by his first name, Simon, right? First name in, in terms of order, he received the name Simon. And he told him who his daddy was, <laughs> Simon Bar-Jonah. So he uses, when he's getting ready to talk revelation, Adam, he uses the union between a son and a father, because that's the only avenue that that revelation comes through. Yeah, it only comes through intimacy with the Father. I, I don't care how profound what a person is saying is. Yeah, if it didn't come from the secret place, mm. if it didn't come from union with the Father, it's insight. It's not revelation. Mm. Come on. And there can be a lot of profound insight that teaches really good, but it's not revelation. Yeah. And so he says, he says, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. Mm-hmm. But my father, mm-hmm. <laughs> my father revealed this to you. Mm. So now I say unto you, Simon, you're no longer Simon anymore. Come on. You are Peter, and upon this rock, I'm going to build my ecclesia. I'm yeah. going to build my church. Notice he didn't say your church. He said, yeah. I'm going to build my church. That's right. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. When you look at the, the word Peter, it means Petros in Greek, which means a, a fragment of a, of a rock. <laughs> this is amazing because you he says... You mean not the whole rock? You mean not the like, whole rock. It's a fragment of <laughs> yeah. a rock. But then when he says the word rock, it's the word Petra, which and is, it means a giant boulder. 
okay? So he said, Peter, <laughs> what, what you just did is you just became really the first initial fragment of the giant boulder wow. that I intend to build. Jesus. And the whole thing is based around the revelation of sonship. It's not based around just revelation, guys. Come on. It's based around the revelation of sonship. Yes. Not blessed are you, Peter, because this was revealed to you. Blessed are you, Peter, because my father revealed, revealed this to you. Wow. Yeah. Petra. And that and that that right there proves <clears throat> that the revelation of sonship is the most important thing. Because of all the revelation that came of everything Jesus taught, it was never that direct, and it was never delivered in that way. Yeah. And I believe that's a prophetic pointing or, or directing, if you will, mm-hmm. of, of what he wants us to step into. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Man, what a what an anointing. What a presence. There is such power that happens in the spirit of revelation. You know, we've 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 lived as experiential Christians in the charismatic and Pentecostal church world for years. Experiential. And it's why we've made worship an event. You know, that's why we put on rock concerts on Sunday. Call it worship. And I I say that from a place of um it's been a part of my life for twenty plus years. Um we we've we've put on events and called it anointed. And I'm not saying that God's presence isn't there. It's anywhere you are. I mean, we, we just don't understand that fully. But there is another level of power that comes in Revelation. And that's why I have been in services, and many of them, you know, in, in the barn, many of them, you know, sitting at the bar, and in, in not the bar bar, but like at the bar in the kitchen in Garen and Brooks' house, or, you know, sitting right here at this table, or, you know, whatever. If you've ever been in a place where you wanted to scream when you heard something, because you felt it go throughout your whole body. Right. You know what I mean? And it's not really pain, but it's kind of pain, but it's a good pain. You understand what I mean? You understand <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like it hurts so good. It hurts so good. Like John Mellencamp said it. You know, it, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, it's a truth like where you feel it and you're like, because it's labor. It's like a labor pain. You're, bur- you're, you're birthing something in the spirit of revelation. And, and you know, um, this, this group right here at this table, you guys walk in that. You walk in that, and you and you you uh, excite me. And what it does is, I, I leave here. I make jokes about leaving here saved, and you know all those kind of things. I make those jokes because I don't know how to, you know, I, I make everything a joke to some degree. But like, I don't know how to articulate it in in a in a way that, you know, that says that I'm changed. I'm changed. I'm really changed. I leave here changed every time. Amen. Yeah. Every time. Um, every time I read some posting, like today, um, Matt. You know, Matt, uh, you know, released a prophetic word that that made me yelp a little bit. Like, wow! You know, one of those kind of like, I don't know how to, you know, they, it had an effect on me. Like, yeah. I, I felt the spirit of the prophet in it. Like, it, it was an anointing. Uh, it was an unction. And it was it was something that, that, that made my baby jump. You know, it was something that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, and I feel like that there's something happening here among us that... Um, I pray it's contagious, and I pray that it, that it takes over our whole region 
in our whole state, yeah. in our whole world. I don't I'm want on. it to stay on this property. I don't want to keep this to ourselves. You know, I want this to take over Walmart. I want this to take over Kangaroo. You know, I want this to take over yeah. the ABC store. I want right. this to take over. I'm man. serious now. Yeah. I want this yeah. to take over the nursing home and the, and the daycares and nurseries. I want this to take over. I want everybody to know Jesus on a new level. Right. And I want you to know you're not a slave. Come on. And we've man. chained, we've, we've, we've converted, you know, down through the years, we've traded the chains of sin for the chains of the church. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we've, we've, we've stood in the altars and convinced people to quit letting the world be their taskmaster so that we could be. Wow. We've done that. And yeah. I think the church needs to repent for that. It's okay. Yeah. It's not a message of condemnation. Sounds like it. I get it. But I think we've done it. We didn't mean to. It was the system we grew up in. Yeah. You know, I think we need to set people free. They're not our sons. Come on, man. Come on. They're not our daughters. Yeah. They're gods. That's right. Yeah. Listen, this thing that you have is so powerful. Jesus. Now let them all have it. <laughs> the right? revelation. The yeah, revel apostles. On. Apostles. And, and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, we are to activate the world. We're to activate the whole community. That's right. It's not about us sitting in our ivory towers with all the revelation. What good does that do? <laughs> you know, that's one of the things that excites me about this barn is that, you know, there's still one wall that doesn't exist here. Like, it's just a curtain. Like, this thing was never meant to be contained in a building. Come on. Yeah. Or in an office complex, or you know, you got to go to this university to get this and pay a hundred thousand dollars. Like this, this was always meant for for whosoever will. For the right, for come the on, that's it. Dude. It never was just salvation. You know, yeah. fire insurance, come get that. No, it was a relationship and an understanding of your identity. We, yes, we've missed it ourselves, and therefore we've we've caused others to miss it. Jesus. And it's 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 no longer it's no longer that day. It's a time to set the set the world free to Amen. to let this message run rampant. Yes, let it run wild throughout the earth that you are the sons and the daughters of God. Yeah, everything that's in Him is you, and it's in you. Yeah, it, it's in you. You 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 are the righteousness of God. That's it. Salvation oh. is sahura makanshi. Yeah. Come on, you, salvation is waking up to who you already yeah. were. Yeah, <laughs> before Amen. the foundation of the earth. When they when you have that big experience when when he when Garen started talking about predestination earlier, you know, man, I got excited. You know, that's a word we used to use to control people to <laughs> make people yeah. feel like you know that they may not be in. You're either predestined to be or you're not. Well, of course you are. You are predestined that that don't let don't let theologians from the 17th century trap you. Mm. You know this was always meant to be for you. You you, you were always supposed to be a son of daughter of God. You That's always right. were. Come you on, just got to wake up to who you are. Come on, yeah. <laughs> you always were. Come on, man. It's you know and 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 literally this is empowering, and I want everybody to hear this, and I want you yeah. when you hear this podcast. I want you to share it to everybody. When you, yeah. when you see this video, I hope the audio is better. I want you to share it to everybody. Everybody needs to know. Everybody needs yes. to know. Yeah. yeah, they do. I mean, it, as much as we want people to come encounter what we're encountering here at the barn and for them to mm -hmm. have an encounter with Jesus, we're not going to make you come here to get it. No, no. Right. We're going to bring it to you. Yeah. No. Like, right. Yeah. I'll yeah. come to you. I'll come to where you're at right now and just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, we're not trying, you know. Yeah. 
this is not for a few select, you know, uh, right. uh, uh, special special kids. I mean, this is for all of for every whosoever. This is for everybody. Yeah, it's for everybody. You know, it's, it's so many people like we all have at one time or another. But so many people, I feel like, that's listening to us has has uh, those people that has been um, some pastors and leaders and even church people has misrepresented what Jesus really looks like. Mm. You know, Jesus called the Pharisees, he said, you're like whitewashed tombs. <laughs> Full of dead men's bones. Full of dead men's bones. Wow. You you look good on the outside, but on the inside, you're dead. Mm. There's no life in legalism. There's no, no life in religion. No. You know, and I'm going to say this, and, and, and I just... Man, I feel like we need to just pray and loose some people down here. <laughs> but, I, you know, Moses is – the tabernacle of Moses, you know what the outside of it was made of? Badger's skin. It wasn't pretty to the person that was looking at it from the outside in. But once you got in – Yeah, mm, come on. Mm, yeah. You know, and religion is the opposite. Yeah. It tries to look, to, to look good to draw people in, but when they got in, they got nothing. Oh, Jesus. Wow. But, but the kingdom is from within. That's right. The, the kingdom is totally opposite. It's not that you're drawn by what it looks like, but you're drawn you're drawn by life. You're drawn by love. You're drawn by Come on, conviction, Jesus. convincing <laughs> that God loves you. You're, yeah, I, I serve. I'm saved right now. Not right now as we speak. Yes. Oh, God. Good Jesus. There's a drawing yeah. right yeah. now. We there just speak right, right hey. now in Jesus' name to everyone who's listening under the sound of our voice right now. Jesus. We declare that the Father's drawing you. Yes. He's drawing you yes. right yes. now. I yes. see chains being Shame. loosed, Your name. being broken. He's that, calling your yeah, name. Yeah, he's calling your Ooh, name. Come on, Matt. He's Jesus. calling your name. He's calling your name. Yeah. Your name. Yeah. Not somebody else's name. He's right. calling your name. Yeah. Mm. Amen. He's calling you. He's speaking to your heart. He's mm. crying out for mm. you. Mm. He has been constantly putting things before you to get your attention. He's calling your name tonight. Yeah. He's calling your heart. Yeah. Just so that you would know you're a son. And that you're a daughter. Yeah. And that he loves you. You know, when when the two guys were on the road to Emmaus, they they later found out that they could judge the voice of Jesus by the condition of their heart. Yeah. They said, Did our hearts not burn within us? So I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that I heard in the spirit like as soon as we started tonight, and um, I if and here's how I'm going to <laughs> present this word. If if you hear this tonight and your heart burns within you, it's for you. Wow. Yeah. Come on. So so let that be your barometer. Okay. Mm -hmm. Come on. Um, 
I, I heard the Lord say for for parents, there's there's parents who have had wandering sons and daughters who have been living out in the world. They've they've gone in different directions, in different directions in terms of lifestyle, even in different directions in terms of sexuality. And and I heard the Lord say when we started praying at the beginning of this tonight that those sons and daughters are coming home. Come on, man. Come on, Jesus. They're, they're coming home. And and you need to get the house ready. Yeah. To host the presence <laughs> of your children again. Wow. You, you need to, I, I'm saying this right now, really just as a prophetic assignment for people, but you need to get that bedroom ready. You, you need to clean out some closets. You need to you need to open up that spare bathroom again. You need to make sure that you're ready to host the presence of sons. Don't let your declaration of faith be actions that you take before the promise shows up. When you start moving, when you start moving, the Father will start moving as well. He'll start sending those sons, those daughters back home. And one of the things that my wife just walked into the barn as soon as I started saying that, but one of the things that we value and hold closely to our heart Jesus. is the restoration of family. Yeah. We contend for that. Uh, we contend for that on a regular basis with different people that we know and love and care for. And we, we also contend for the restoration of God's family. And seeing that come back into fruition the way I believe Jesus intended it to be when he looked at John and said, Behold. When he looked at Mary and said, Mary, <laughs> behold your son. Come on. Oh, come on. Son, behold your mother. When when the disciples told Jesus, Your your mother and your brothers are here to see you, and he said, Who is yeah. my mother and my brothers except for those? Yeah. Who keep my commands, my disciples? Yeah. Those are that's family. That's my family. Yeah. I want to tell you that that family is realer than what some other yeah. people call family. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's true. Blood is thicker than water, but the blood that unites us yeah. is is life. <laughs> the light of the world. <laughs> I just feel like um, I, I needed to, to make that announcement tonight. Sons and daughters are coming home, and you need to get ready for them. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, just we, I just want to stand in the gap, and, um, and, and, and so to speak, I want to stand in the gap Um as an intercessor for those who have been disillusioned, hurt, wounded um, by the church and by church families, mm. when Gary began to talk about when you your family and um, you know the truth of it is, so few people have experienced the level of family uh, in the natural or in the spiritual that Garen was just referencing, but that's changing as we speak. Uh, you know, the book of Acts, it seems to be the barometer to me, yeah. uh, you know, where they went from house to house and they, and they had, they had all things in common. Yeah. You know, they lived as Jesus. one, you Jesus. know, they yeah. lived as one and we've, uh, you know, God, God's bringing down the walls of isolation. He's bringing, Hey, come on. He's bringing down the walls of isolation and separation. Yeah. Uh, religion and, and, and Christianity and church and, and in sin and all the things, the cultures of the world, everything has, has 
uh, tried to isolate and separate. Um, and God's bringing the walls down. He's desperate for you to experience his love. Uh, he loves you so much that uh, it's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. it will embarrass your flesh when you begin to understand how deep and how radical and how crazy his love seems to uh, the human flesh when you understand that um, you won't uh, uh, stand in shame anymore and you won't have to cover yourself you won't have to cover yourself anymore with all the things that you've covered yourself with to hide that shame um, because he, he he's standing over you saying uh, who is it that condemns you uh, <laughs> where are they um, not me either go your way and sin no more go away with a new revelation go away with a new understanding with a new with a new eyesight with a new way of thinking God wants you to understand how valuable you are to him and he's he's bringing the wrecking ball uh, on he's bringing the wrecking ball on purpose uh, come on Molly <laughs> he's coming like a wrecking ball <laughs> he's coming he's smashing down all the walls that that you've been Built, that people have built he's bringing all those things down he wants no separation between you and him yeah and by the way uh that don't be surprised it's going to be the walls coming down between you and people because you can't get all of him without also getting people <laughs> because christ is in people that Amen. he's placed in your life yeah. and they're not there to lord over you they're there to walk alongside of you. Come on with that. Yeah, they're there Jesus. to walk alongside of you. And, uh, and fellowship. They, yeah, Hello, yeah. Fellowship. Yeah. Yeah. All the fellows in your ship are waiting on you. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to walk in a new revelation of God's love and knowledge and Come power. On, Amen. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. seen a table mm-hmm. when, when Matt was praying. Mm-hmm. I seen a table, and it had chairs and plates like a family table. Mm-hmm. And I seen some chairs, you know, with somebody missing, and the chair and the it's like the family table wasn't the same with that person missing. Then Garen comes along, <laughs> begins to talk, call out about sons and daughters coming home. Yeah, and I believe God is saying that um, as the Father, He's saying, you know, I want to see the family table full. Yeah. I, I want to see my family come back together. Mm. And I thought about Mephibosheth. Mm. Wow. Wow. The covenant that oh. David had with, with Jonathan was the reason why Mephibosheth was called and Matt began to call as he was praying. He gave that call out, yeah. and it wouldn't had nothing to do with Mephibosheth. It had everything to do with the covenant that David had with his father. Yeah, and it has everything to do with the covenant that Jesus cut with his father. That he's calling his sons and daughters back to that table. Yeah, thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah. And one thing about that story I love is he was a he was a cripple. He was lame. And the whole time he was sitting at the table with David, the king, his legs, the table covered his legs. 
You didn't know when they was sitting down, all sitting down at the table. You wow. didn't know that that man couldn't walk. Jesus. You didn't Jesus. see his Honda weakness. Yeah. <laughs> you seen the covenant table of family. Wow. They were all seated. And even in that, I'm hearing the Lord. I'm hearing the Lord. You know, Mephibosheth was dropped. That's yes. why he was lame. Come on. It was no fault of his own. He was lame. He was dropped. And, you've, and, and somebody's been dropped. You've been injured. You've been wounded. Uh, and mm. and God God is bringing you back to your rightful place. He's on, he's and, and he's sending Come somebody on. to get you. He's he's coming to get you. Come That's on. it. He's coming to get you. You know, you know, uh, everybody's saying, if you can just get here, everybody, if you can just get here, if you can just get here and God goes, forget that I'm coming to get you. Mm. I'm coming to get you. Mm. You're, 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 you're not in the place you're supposed to be. (laughs) You belong at the table. Yeah. You're hanging out there with outcast and you don't belong there. You belong at the table. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Went and got him. Yeah. And brought him, set him at the table. Told his servant, Zima. (laughs) He was a servant in David's house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Guess what? Zima didn't get to sit at that table. Mm -mm. (laughs) But Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth did. The lame outcast. Yeah. Because it was always in his DNA. It was in his DNA. <laughs> to be, to Come be, on. he belonged at that table. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Woo! So do you. Yeah. So man. do you. Yeah. You belong there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's amazing to serve him, serve, serve the king, serve the king, serve religion, whatever, mm. and never eat at his table. Never get nourishment, never get food, never get drink, never get the privileges of being a son. Mm. Never get the blessing of a son. Mm. Fellas, this has been good tonight. Yeah. Mm. It's been it's been rich. And it I you know, and a lot of times I think people get weirded out when you talk about stuff like this, but it's like it's like literally getting hazy in the room. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I I have just felt the Lord's presence all over this tonight, just from, from the time I came in and sat down with you guys and I came in last minute, you guys were already here doing your thing, praying, getting ready, and um I just man, I so value Christ in every one of you yeah. <laughs> and uh just your Amen. hearts the way you go after him um I'm really thankful to to be brothers with you guys yeah, same same here same. Before, before we cut this off i gotta i've gotta share this <clears throat> oh sorry um <laughs> I'd like for the past twenty minutes I've been over here just getting wrecked um Gary, when you released that word about sons and daughters coming home, and I'm gonna try to say this. I'm just completely losing it. I saw a, uh, I saw a young teenage girl, probably sixteen, if I had to guess. She was standing at the, she was standing in front of a house at the front door. Mm-hmm. She was so scared to knock on that door. 
I could see the fear in her eyes. Like she was shaking and but she knew. Like I knew what I was seeing is that she had come home. She was afraid to knock on the door. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to encourage any of you that, that this word was for. If you get a knock on your door tonight, remember how, remember what I'm saying to you right now and how much fear they may be in or how how nervous they may be when they stand in front of your door. They want to knock. So good, man. So good. So rich. Having the the open arms of a loving mother, father. Yeah. I could I can see that girl that you're talking about, mm-hmm. Matt, with a with a t shirt on that says bride. <laughs> and and I can see her being a representation of the church. Oh man. And um there, there is a level of intimacy that I know the Father is inviting people into that they are uncertain of. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. Mm, come on, come on. <laughs> I had a, I had a really amazing encounter with Brooke one time. Uh, I was, I was going into the closet to pray, and uh, the Lord said, "I want you to get your wife, and I want you to bring her in here." And uh, I said, "Man, this is like our time, though, isn't it?" God, you know. <laughs> And he said, I want you to bring Brooke in. And I I brought Brooke in. And, and when we sat down in the closet, in the floor of the closet, which is where I always went to pray when we lived in our last house, we cut off the lights. And as soon as we cut off the lights, I was seated at that table. And, oh, yeah. and it was like he had it ready. When, when he said, go get your wife, he was saying, I've, I've got a table ready. <laughs> like there's a place there's a place. Go, go get your wife because I've got like I've got everything ready for both of you, you know. And um, so when we cut off the lights to the closet, mm-hmm. um, it was like I just I sat down at that table, and um, every I can I can remember what the room looked like. Um, every everything on that table was silver. It was shiny, and um, I I remember telling Brooke what I was seeing in the spirit. And I said, I said, babe, we're seated at a table right now in heavenly places. And Brooke said, I'm scared. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She said, I'm scared to go there. And, and it was, it was really, it was a level of intimacy that, and I remember Brooke just bawling Mm -hmm. in the floor of, of our closet that night because the father was inviting us into a place of intimacy that that we, you know, as a couple, we were unsure of, and um, man, when when she finally sat down at that table, the Lord started speaking things to us, and it was just like it was like we were His guest of honor. Wow! And um, I, I remember looking down at those plates, those silver plates, and I would think things in my head, and um, He would answer my thoughts. He would answer my thoughts. And I, I looked at those plates, and I thought, why are these plates so empty? They're all empty. How come all these plates are empty? Like, if we're here, and there's, there's a table, and there's plates, how come these plates are all empty? 
And he answered my thought, and he said this. He said, because in this realm, we feed on every word that proceeds out of the mouth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I immediately, and guys, it's amazing how this ties everything we've talked about together tonight, but it does. My, my first inclination when he did that was I immediately started to pray for a grace to fast. Wow. Mm. And so the next 24 hours, I did a water fast. And that 24 hours later, I started getting phone calls from relatives that I hadn't heard from in probably 10 years. One of them comes here now almost every Sunday night. Married a girl who comes here almost. I performed their wedding ceremony last wow. summer right out here. And it was all it all stemmed from that one encounter that mm. we had in the closet. Mm. And I just want to say this, you know, and um, I know we've spent a lot of time and I feel like we always feel like we talk too much. Maybe we do. I don't know. But I, I want to say this, man. Don't don't ever don't ever underestimate or, or undermine what one encounter with Jesus can do. Cool. If it's if it's in your closet, if it's in a restaurant, if it's in your truck, your car on the way to work, on your way home, if you're if you're sitting, wow, Jesus, if you're sitting there watching your kid at baseball practice, soccer practice, and something about the way they're playing reminds you of how the Father sees you, yeah, lean into that for a little <laughs> while. Lean into that. Don't. Don't just mm. let that be a passing thought. Right. Lean into that identity of how the Father sees you as his child, and it will open your heart up to receive the love that you were created to become. Come on, man. <laughs> That's, That's so it good. for me, fellas. That's so good. Yeah. Amen. So good. Awesome. So good. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to wash the dishes now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>